I want you to imagine a scene with me that we have in John chapter 20. What it must have been like for followers of Jesus as they were gathered together in that little room, scared out of their minds. It's night. Their leader has been executed. All of their hopes and dreams have been dashed. To top it off, the women that were with them were going crazy, saying that someone had stolen Jesus' body from the tomb. Yet the word on the streets was that the disciples of Jesus had stolen Jesus' body to stage some type of supernatural event. So there they were, huddled together. They've executed our leader. Will we be next? If they stole his body, what will they do to us? Who are we supposed to believe? To whom do we turn? I can't imagine the conversations taking place in the room that night. Mary Magdalene crying and pleading with them, You must believe me whenever I tell you that I saw him and hugged him. Over in the corner, leaning against the wall, there's a disciple that's barely lifting the curtain on the window to peek out to see if any of the religious leaders were coming down the street to arrest them. And then, all of a sudden, they hear a familiar voice, Peace be with you. And as those words come out of his mouth, Jesus lifts his hands to show the scars. At that moment, upon hearing his voice and seeing his scars, the disciples' fear is pushed away by immense joy and awe. But why? What is it about Jesus' words that stills their fears and produces joy? It can't be that Jesus' words and his presence among them at that point eliminated the threat against the disciples. The threat was still there and still just as real as it was moments before that the Jewish religious leaders would barge in and arrest them. So what was it? The answer is found in those four simple words, peace be with you, peace abide on you. Something had been accomplished, something had been achieved that brought new meaning to the words, peace be with you. This was a typical Jewish greeting, but there was nothing typical going on here. Jesus was not merely saying, hey guys, how you doing? How can you be so sure, Cliff? That's a good question. But remember, just a few chapters earlier, we get a clue. In John chapter 14, Jesus is getting his disciples ready for his departure. He tells them that he must go away so that he can prepare a place for them to come and stay. He's talking about heaven, but they are not real clear or sure about what he is meaning. But one of the things Jesus says to them in order to calm their hearts is found in verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. And then after this, Jesus is arrested, tried, beaten, crucified. Perhaps the last words some of these men heard Jesus say were, from the cross where Jesus uttered, it is finished. But what makes this interesting is that it's not until now that Jesus uses this phrase, peace be with you. He's had plenty of opportunity to use the word before and plenty of stories about Jesus where this phrase could have been used, but John doesn't put it anywhere in the story until here. Surely John 20 is not the first time Jesus has said, peace be to you. But here he uses it three times in a matter of seven verses. And the reason why John hasn't used it until now is because he is highlighting a different type of peace. He's speaking of the peace that Jesus and only Jesus brings. The type of peace that Jesus brings is different than what the world offers. The world only wishes for you to have peace, but it can't do anything to produce the type of peace that can truly calm and steady the heart. So what Jesus achieved that makes his peace different than the world is the removal of the believer's sin and imparting his life to the believer through his death and resurrection. That's the gospel. 
Today, when you pray, please pray for Buddy and Taffy Johnson, our missionaries in Ecuador. And also remember the Fonte Life Word broadcast that's heard in Ghana.